500 years ago he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck and upon the skull of the man who killed his dad he said i'm mad i must eradicate piracy injustice and cruelty and all my sons will follow me so evil doers will believe that this man cannot die the phantom the ghost who walks the phantom enemies beware the phantom's always there but you won't find the phantom he finds you G'day everyone and welcome to episode 61 of X-Band, the Phantom Podcast. I don't know about you, but I just can't get enough of, of that Sammy J song. I can listen to it all day. Um, once again, that song is available to our Patreon. So become a Patreon member and, and get a copy of the, of the song. You, you won't regret it. Do you still got that as your, um, as your ringtone, Dan? Yeah, I do. And I, I love it. I, I can't get, I've now got it as the timer at the end of re- quiet reading time at the beginning of classes and, uh, uh, I hear it. I do hear it all the time, every day. <laughs> and what about you, Jermaine? Have you got it as your um, ringtone, or you just listen to it when you listen to the podcast? Just listen to it when I listen to the podcast. To be honest, I haven't got around. I haven't got around to putting it as my ringtone, and I don't know if I get that many phone calls. To be truthfully honest, <laughs> <laughs> you got to put it as your message thing when um, yeah. Facebook yeah, messages go off. Yeah, that <laughs> probably gets more work out um, than my than the phone calls. Probably a good point. I have yes. I have snuck it into a few of the playlists um, that we that we have on on iTunes and particularly the kids playlists and uh, they got a real buzz out of uh, hearing it too. So yeah. we make sure it, it gets it's in good rotation in the Fraser household anyway. Oh. Excellent, very good. So I hope everyone's doing well after the um our big discussion we had um, in episode sixty about. What could be the death of the Phantom is just when we have John Cookson join us. We'll just, we'll talking afterwards. I don't think we ever, um, agreed or disagreed rather so much in a podcast. So, uh, we'll see what happens, um, in, in today's, uh, episode. Yeah, can I just say, I, I just thought, I just found it really, really fascinating to hear everyone's different points of view and, and you find yourself changing your, your mind halfway through as you start to hear other perspectives. <laughs> so it's really, really good to, to hear a wide range like that. And challenge what you believe and what you think. So that's, that's why discussion is always good, or dialogue rather. Correct. Yes. You know, ha- having your chance to speak, but giving someone else a chance to speak, and and hopefully you both grow in in your um in your ideas and thoughts. So today's um, podcast, we've got a, a rev- news and reviews um, podcast for you today. So our comics that we'll be reviewing for you are the latest from Through. So that's 1775, The Wedding Gifts, 1776 and 1777, which are uh, Full Circle Part 1 and 2. And, of course, 1778, which is The Challenge, which also includes Heart of Darkness, chapters Chapter 3, Parts 3 and 4. So we'll start off with 1775, The Wedding Gifts. Now, this is the issue directly after the Phantom Annual, which was uh, the Girl Phantom Annual, which we all said was fantastic. Who would like to lead the batting on this one? I might go uh, Jermaine. All I can say is filming can draw a very attractive female. <laughs> well, he could back in the day when this was first done. But how gorgeous was has he drawn her in this story? Man can wield a pen. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it... 
the art of the of the women in this story were amazingly drawn. But I guess that's not what we're discussing about, just about her and her curves and the clothes that she is or is not wearing. The story. I'm basically going straight, you've gone straight to the good parts of the story because, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, if we can start disagreeing straight away, I'm not sure. Like, yes, yes, he draws an, a very attractive female character. I just don't know that it was necessary for the, for the story. And that's, you know, this is the first ever brew comic that's had a PG rating on the front cover. And I don't know that the nudity actually added anything to the but, story or was useful in any way. But his PG should have actually been oh, PG. It probably, probably would have been more of an MA. Maybe even an MA, but I'm sorry, but if I if I'm just talking about the PG rating, if I'm you know, letting my kids watch a PG movie, I don't expect to see um semi or full nudity no. in that. No, so you're right. You probably if you're gonna put a rating on it it should have been higher than that. But I guess my point is, you know, I'm I'm no prude or anything like that, but if you're going to have it, then it needs to be for a reason, and this is fairly gratuitous, really. It, it doesn't seem, you know, there's no need for the Seventh Phantom's wife, Heloise, to be bathing naked on the first page, and yet there she is. Well, how do you bathe? Fair point. <laughs> <laughs> um, we don't often see that drawn, you see. We don't need to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I, I totally understand what Dan is saying. I just had to throw that out there because... Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I think you're right that I tend to agree that I I don't think it was necessary or added to the comic. I have to agree with that. You can like see it. you can see pictures in uh, if you can see her drawn in on pages ten where she's got a um, uh, an evening gown on and, and and stuff like that. You can you know it could have been like that because when I I've gone camping a couple of times. I'm sure we've all gone camping. Oh, this is probably going to be a little bit weird talking about our bathing habits. But when I've gone camping in the bush. I always had clothes on when I went for a bathe. Did you guys have clothes on when you went for a bathe in the bush? Didn't bathe. Didn't bathe. Yeah. I either, either don't bathe or if uh, it depends on how many beers are under the belt. <laughs> <laughs> you, have, you have enough Dutch courage and you just get nude. <laughs> <laughs> that must be it. It was, that must be a Queenslander thing. <laughs> it is actually. <laughs> Right. Um, so let's go back to the story. So yes. you realise that, that the art of the story is quite nice and the females are, are quite well drawn. But um, what about the story? Um, I'll go to you now, Dan. What, do you, what did you think of the actual oh, story? It's certainly not going to make my top ten greatest fandom stories of all time. It's, it's probably closer to the bottom ten, if I'm going to be completely frank. Really? Yeah, look, I, I hope I'm not annoying Don Avenel, who, who wrote this 25 years ago, whenever it was. But I just I don't really take a great deal out of this story, to be honest. Dudley says in the introduction that it's a fable, and and I suppose the second time I read it, I had that in mind, that it's a fable and, and to treat it like that. But then it's hard to understand what the moral of the story is. It's, it's light-hearted, I suppose, but tries to take itself seriously in places. And I don't know, it, it's, it's, a bit of a, it's a bit of a nothing story in terms of a narrative for me. I take all of that on board, Dan, and I can see where you're coming from, and I almost kind of agree, but I think 
occasionally a story can just be fun or it can be a, a nothing story. Yeah. You know, we had plenty of those from Lee Fork about the Phantom going on a vacation with his with his family to Eden or or the Golden Beach of Kellaway. So I think we don't as much as I like stories that have got a bit of action and got you know, add something to the ongoing story arc and all that type of stuff. Occasionally we can have a good fun story, if that makes sense. And I think that's I think that's what it is. It's just a a fun story. It might not be to everyone's taste, but I think it's intended to be a fun story. Well was, they missed it. There was a couple of moments that just they're not phantom. You know, towards the end there, where after the the third wedding gift has been avoided and and they've pretended that they got blown up on the raft and then the phantom turns up and scares the princes and that sort of thing, he tells them exactly how he did that. And that's not... The phantom would never do that. Why would the ghost who walks reveal how he didn't die? Of course, he wants to pretend that he did die and then come back. He wouldn't give away that secret. And and probably the thing... This is it's a weird thing to have picked up on, I suppose, but one of the things that really struck me was on page 9 which is the wedding night of the Phantom, and um, he's just had to scare this crazy swarm of bees out of the, the Skull Cave, and then he adjourns back to his bedroom where his wife is hiding under the covers because of the bees. What a ridiculous bed to have in the Skull Cave. And, and such an ornate, opulent, four-poster bed with drapes hanging all over the place and pillows, and some of those pillows will have special names and... That's not the Skull Cave. That's not my Phantom. My Phantom sleeps on a bed of sticks if he has to, or on the ground. He doesn't need something like that in the Skull Cave. Hey, so. Yeah, but you've got to remember that the Phantom might be used to sleeping on the floor, but I don't see a que- I don't see a queen like uh, Heloise sleeping on the to floor suck like it up that. And toughen up if she's going to be a Phantom's wife. Uh, having Dude. said that, though, Diana's also like there was a the story yeah. before where, where the kids went off to school. They had a they had a big bed. Yeah, just, I think you missed the point there, Dan. Well, it was just... No, actually, I agree with Dan. I just... Yeah, I don't like it either. <laughs> you have a funny way of saying <laughs> it, happened. Steve. <laughs> Us men will go through many things for the pleasure of the wife, including sleeping with 40 different pillows on a bed. <laughs> I'm sure we've all got those excess amount of pillows in our bed. We don't like it, but we do it. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. You've seen the movie Along Came Polly. You should see that with regards to that little scenario. However, picking up on your point saying it's a, you know, it's just a nice fun story and it's just not one-offs. I like those. It doesn't have to do anything with any overarching story arc or anything like that. I like those stories. This is rubbish. This, I'm, like you said in your bottom ten, I'm putting it in my bottom two. I'm, it's on the same, um, same level as the Bigfoot story from about 2012. And the reason why I hate these two stories so much is because they make the fan look like an idiot. And I'm going to put um, the Hermes Press Series 1 story on that too because they make the fan look second, second best. Second, you know. so, so which one's worse? Because you said this is in your bottom two and you've just listed three. Well, I only just, <laughs> I only just thought of um, the Hermes 1 just then. So this is worse than Hermes. And so Hermes would be bottom three. Oh, that's being really rough. That the point still stands. That <laughs> they call it the found comic, yet they, they give Jimmy Wells the whole. Is it Jimmy Wells, whatever his name is, Orson Wells. They give him the the top billing, even though it's the found comic. But um, anyway, back to this one. They make him look like an idiot. You know, say um, 
he denies those, those was it the Highland Princes or whatever it was, um, Hello Lisa, so, you know, he makes them look silly, which he should have. Then, oh, you know, we've got some wedding gifts. Oh, they're, they're from the Sheikh Ahmed, and they're from Raja Tipu, and they're from Prince Zohog. Oh, well, they must have a change of heart. Yeah, crap on a stick. That's stupid. Of course <laughs> they're out for revenge. You know, and, oh, oh, well, maybe he didn't know they put um, these giant bloody paralyzing bees in a, in a bush. Are you for real? This is stupid. All right. Of course he did. And then why the hell would they have taken the other bloody gifts with them? Was it the two of them that they, they took both yep. gifts? Or, yeah, oh, no, that's you, right. And they took one. That's what took you want on your honeymoon is to put these large crates on the back of your horse. Oh, I know I did. <laughs> bloody hell. <laughs> so, and can I ask you a question, the spades Sorry. On your on your honeymoon, when you were unwrapping your presents, were you just doing what the wife said? I wasn't unwrapping so you... presents. <laughs> well, I was wrapping a certain present, but that's besides the point. <laughs> uh... yeah. So, uh, what about the front cover? Well, before we get to the front cover, <laughs> I will say the one bit that I did like, and Dan did touch on it just a moment ago, and there was a part where they escaped the, the raft blowing up. Yeah, I thought, that yeah, that was, that's a fan. That's another fan. And then breaking into the, um, into the palace, that, that was, mm. that's another fan type thing. However, there was some confusion there with the, with the Queen of the Harem or whatever. That confused me. Um, but then, yeah, like you said, explaining it, you don't need to explain it. You you come back from the dead. Just keep that story going. Well, you show the reader, but you don't tell the villain. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. Now, the cover. Now, I open up this discussion by saying that this was the issue that followed 1774. Now, that, for lack of a better terminology, um, so that was, you know, girl power all the way. That was a strong female phantom. Great stories and great artwork there for for everyone to, to appreciate, especially, in my opinion, especially young women. You've got a couple of daughters there mm. who were popular of reading age there, Dan. Would I be right in saying that? Yeah, absolutely. They loved, um, they, they loved the cover and my eldest one in particular picked it up and started, she's probably read half of the, the Girl Fan Emanuel by now. So, it beggars belief why you'd follow up such a, a strong issue like that with an issue that I did say it in our discussion. I'll say it now. We can bleep it out later if we need to. Therefore, all intents and purposes, it looks like a raping happening on the front cover. And it's just incredibly poor form, I think. Have you guys got an opinion on that? Uh, I didn't like the front cover, probably not for the same reason. But since you've brought it up, I thought, yeah, that's, yeah. That, that is very true. And, and completely out of context because obviously yeah, that's this is... It. This is a picture from the story. It's a panel from the story that's come out onto the cover. But out of context, it just, you know, makes no sense whatsoever. And, and you're particularly right with the, the, the juxtaposition with the previous comic. The two of them are going to be on the shelves next to each other in, in newsagents. And this looks, this looks pretty terrible next to the other one. I think also what, what, um, highlights your point was the, and, but we're, the three of us are probably the furthest away from the left wing, you know, that you can probably get, um, where you had the, the outcry over the X-Man, um, was it the X-Man? Yeah, it's uh, been a where they had the, um, the bad guy checking out, um, I think it was Mystique, Mystique or something, yeah. And, like, in the movie, it works because there's context, but out of context, it's just, you know, shocking. Yeah. 
And like I said, you know, the three of us are probably, we're not left-wing politi- political, we're feathers from it, we're male chauvinists and, you know, we're typical males. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, I can, I can see That's where you're coming brush. from. <laughs> well, you're from I don't make my political uh, views known. <laughs> but you know, the point is, is that you know we're not hippies who like to jump on bandwagons like that. But I guess the point is, and I guess the point is, is that there could have been there's better panels that could have been used for a front cover that could have shown the fact that they were having a you know a, a wedding that they were celebrating the yeah. wedding of the seventh phantom like you know it could have been a modified of you know page five of the of the um comic where you know they're holding hands you got people celebrating and you know which is very reminding of the post that came out with the 21st phantom's wedding you know so we could have had could have had that it could have been it could have been a nice touch sorry could have been the original cover you know it didn't need to be you know, directly yeah. from, from, from the panel. Yeah, but I, I guess, I, to be honest, I didn't notice, you know, the positioning like you made mention until you actually said it, as well as with the X-Men uh, movie poster. But my original point was when I first saw it, I thought it's probably not the best image to use for the front cover. No. It's mm. interesting, on the in the inside of the cover... Um, Dudley shows the original cover by Rolf Goss. Um, I'm pretty sure that's, See, that's and it. that's a good cover. And it doesn't have anything to do with the actual wedding at all, really. It's got the... The, the, the same urn. I don't know. The, the, yeah, the urn. And then it's just got the phantom over it. It doesn't doesn't really have anything to do with, with that, which is a little bit disappointing. It would have been nice to have maybe a wedding scene because it is celebrating their wedding. It's called the wedding gifts. It would make sense. Yeah, so I think... That is a wedding gift. Yeah, but I would have thought that maybe having a a wedding pose of the couple could have been a better... better Maybe having the couple looking down on it rather than just having the phantom there looking at it. Yeah, yeah, anyway. It's disappointing because it's, it's been a story that so many people have been wanting to read in English. And I don't know whether it's just because they're semi-nudity or not. I don't think it is because a lot of people, a lot of Australians that I have, you know, discussed with in the past and all that have all said that they wish we got to see this story. And I still think it's a fun story, but I don't think it's, it's, it's definitely not in my, you know, it's not one that I want to rush out to read again. And I'm not impressed with the cover either, after listening to your opinion, Steve. Oh, thanks. <laughs> there is one other good part about the comic, which I'm about to mention, if you open up the, the front cover. Down the bottom, there's an ad for Sammy J. That's probably does he, does he pay thing. us for all of um, these mentions we give you? Well, at least free <laughs> tickets to the show. Come on, Sammy. <laughs> Uh, He's got like a mention in every podcast since, doesn't he? <laughs> he did give us a song. There was that small mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, so moving on from the wedding gifts, which pretty much got a thumbs down all around. Um, yeah, I, I reckon yeah. I was a little bit surprised by the reaction with that. Like, I thought we would be spending more time actually on the um, semi-nudity rather than the actual story. So, 
Some of us like to class it up a bit, mate, and yep. actually care about the story, you see. <laughs> you can spend as much time with the semi nudity as you like after the podcast. I just <laughs> I just thought that was going to um, create more of a discussion point. But, yeah, never mind. Okay. So, leaving that discussion point, and moving on to Full Circle Part 1, Issue 1776, which is a world-exclusive written and illustrated by Lou Manor. So this is an issue that has not been published anywhere else before. Is that correct in saying that? Though it was originally intended for Moonstone. Yes. Um, And totally um, haven't said anything about it being in full colour as well. Um, So we've got 36 pages of full-colour Phantom. Jermaine, what are your thoughts on Full Circle Part 1? Well, I actually did own a copy of the art and a copy of the script beforehand. So I must admit, it's although the art was in black and white and not in colour, um, but I have seen all of this before. Probably the thing I, l- I like about it is I like Lou Manor as an artist. I think he can be a little bit grim, which I think some people may have a bit of an issue with. Um, I love his big panels, his, you know, double-page spreads. On page seven, on page six and seven, there's a picture that looks like something that Sky, uh, Sky Barry has drawn. Um, I love the fact that it deals with, like, the Phantom's legacy. Absolutely love the big pages. But I must admit the big panels. I must admit the colour left me a bit flat. I thought the colour was a bit poorly done, and I... Don't know whether it's because of the paper or not, but it looks a bit... I think it's almost the same issue that we had with um, the Girl Phantom story as well, at the back from the Moonstone one. The colour just didn't seem to come across. But I enjoyed it. Yeah. Some good points there. Uh, Dan? Yeah, well... You haven't seen the the story before? No, never had. No, uh, completely brand new to me. Um, And... Well, I, we're just talking about part one, so I'll say that um, I was I was certainly struck by the colour is, is is really really I, I hear what you're saying, Jim, but um, I found it quite impressive. I, I quite enjoyed the colour. Um, it is full colour in the fact that it goes all the way to the border and and uh, like the mm. whole page is colour, so that's really striking. Um, and some of the, the double pages spreads and the, the massive panels and that sort of thing that you're talking about, I you know it's really interesting to see that and the comparison with the newspaper strip as it's put into a is a, into a comic book is really 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 strong so um i, I quite enjoyed the artwork i'm not usually a lou manor fan for exactly the reason that you said that it's often too grim and and all the rest of it but it's appropriate for a lot of a lot of this story yeah i did find that the sequencing at times and the way that the panels were put together sometimes were quite confusing and i guess that's partly because i'm used to uh, looking at a comic book and still reading one page, then the next page, whereas um, Manor, more than I can remember any other artist really doing it, uses the double page spread to read right across. So, for instance, on page, well, really the last two pages, 30, 31, and then 32, 33, I would find myself reading down the page and then up to the next one, um, rather than you're supposed to read all the way across the top of the uh, the double page. Um, and read it that way. So I found that confusing, but um, that's a stylistic thing that I guess 
maybe if you had a couple of like, arrows between panels to, to point the direction that you're supposed to, that your eyes supposed to travel. But otherwise, yeah, I I, I did enjoy. Just it's something we've it's unlike anything we've ever seen in a fruit comic before. Yes, and you can you can tell that it is originally for a, an Amer- an American comic, um, and Moonstone it would yeah it could fit in that series. Certainly nothing we've ever seen before in a fruit. Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm agreeing very much with you there with uh, Dan. A number of the points I've written down you, you've covered. Yeah, I disagree with you, Jermaine, in regards to the colour. I think it, it, it works really well. I don't see it flat. I see it quite dynamic. I'm not, and a, a hell of a lot better than the last story in the, um, in the Girl Phantom issue. Um, there are a lot of issues with the colour and, and especially the text, which, um, which I don't have on this one. Um, everything's very, very clear. And yeah, when you mentioned that, uh, the side Barry there on, um, page seven, I, I wrote that down. I said page seven, when he's talking about his father, it's in a very Cyberry esque phantom or illustration there. And if you go um, on page. The fight oh, pages like, are amazing, like 26, 27. Oh, yes. I was thinking in regards to styles of um, illustrators, page five, I reckon, phantom there with the, with the longer neck and a bit more of a rounded head is more Paul Ryan esque. Whereas, yeah, you go to page seven and it's very Siberius. Um, and there's also another one which exactly raised the point. Uh, which page is it? There's almost a, a Don Newton-style phantom mm. on page 20. Yeah, which brings me to a point that he, he doesn't keep his style consistent. He, this seems like in some cases he seems rather bubbly or, or muscly or... What well, something I've said there is a um, a condom for walnuts, quite bulky. What? Haven't you heard? You haven't heard that one before. <laughs> what did you say? Must be an East Coast thing. I've heard that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it used to describe um, Trump or Van Damme or something like that. A condom for of walnuts. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a bit of rating on this on this <laughs> podcast. Uh, anyway, uh, my, my point being is that he, he's the style of the family differs from page to page, um, really. And yeah, it's not, it's not a deal breaker, um, by any means, because it's still quite good. But, um, yeah, it's just something that, that I've noticed. Yeah. Um, it is inconsistent, isn't it? Yeah. And I take what you say about fitting in with Moonstone. I, I think it reads very much like a Moonstone story. Very much like there's very little familiarity with the character for a new reader. Say, you know, it's on a bookshelf at a comic shop and someone picks it up. They could quickly get into what the fandom's all about. Whereas, you know, with the usual Fru or Egmont or, or to the dailies, yes, they've got, you know, for those who came in late, but for the most part, there's an assumption that you have some familiarity with the character. Yeah, um, whereas here it's assumed that you don't. And also, very much told in the first person where you don't usually have that mm. in a normal phantom story, well, I'll say normal um, phantom story, unless they're reading from the um, the Chronicles and it's written in the first person that way. Yeah. Do you like it like that? I actually, because I kind of like it when he's actually, like, you're in his head in a sense. I, I don't mind it. I don't want to see it all the time, um, but I don't mind seeing it. Um, I do like the... Um, the use of the title on the um, on page four on the on the on the title scene there, like having the phantom written that like 
down where it is, mm. and then having the written illustrated part and you know, editing and all that sort of stuff. I, I, I like that little bit just down there. Yes. Um, I know we see it all the time in, in other ones, but with the with the Phantom done in red and I just thought it really pop. Yeah, I agree. And, and gives it that that DC or Marvel feel, you know, just added professionalism. I, I thought. Yeah, and as a actual story, I I, I don't mind it. I, I I do like the story. I think there's sometimes where it's probably a bit over the top in dramatics, and that's like in page 18 and 19 where um, Duran's taking Thomas to meet the Phantom. I think that's a bit over the top. I couldn't really, really see. Really, I think it's great. I, I like it, but you know, you really Theo- think the just going to be sitting in there. Theor- the, you know, the- theatrics. Theatrical. Theatrics, yeah. yeah, and it's yeah. very, yeah. I reckon, I reckon it's very um, old school Phantom. Like, for instance, um, uh, you know, in the thirties, forties, and fifties and stuff. Like, you know, stopping a jungle tribe warring, he would dig this big skull and then. Crank it up and then he'll come out of the skull and yeah. everyone go. Oh, that's when he's out, that. out of his own home, you know, just yeah. you know, dark in your own home. Yeah, but it's all about adding that mysteriousness, yeah. and I, I liked it. My only question with yeah. that was that why did Thomas, who has clearly been pointed out as being the cousin of Grant, why does Grant's cousin need all of those theatrics? But other than that, I quite yeah. enjoyed the. Um, there's a slight typo there that um, that's been missed with an apostrophe s and a plural. I know guns, that there's been yes. yeah guns. You, you picked that up too, Mr. English teacher. Yes, well. I, didn't, I didn't like what, that. I wasn't going to say anything, but it was there. <laughs> um, yeah, pick it up. I'm a grammar Nazi. Page 21. Instead of guns, it was no supposed need. to be guns plural. No need for the apostrophe there. Guns possessive. Anyway. Anyway. But you know, he's going to write in for a. Um, you gonna write in a message from the publisher on that one, or what? What that other dude? No, I'm not gonna do that. But um, no. Uh, what you said before about the about the panel was a little bit confusing. Yeah, I, I had the same thing. I just oh yeah, I read down and then when I crossed it, oh hang on, that's our sequence. And then I had to go back and read it over again. But otherwise, I, I thought it was a, a, a good part one, and of course it ends on a on a decent cliffhanger. Yeah. It's <laughs> falling out of the plane. You don't, you don't get much form. This thing other than that. Yeah. yeah. They, did well, they did well with it, like, with the um, with the cliffhanger and publishing it one week in it, one week out from each other. And yes. I thought they did it really well. Yeah, that was, that was a good idea. And the cover, I think this, the front cover of, of part one is excellent. It's reminiscent of the... Um, of the icon statue where he's, mm. you know, standing up on the, on the rocks with a very strong pose. And... If you open up the cover for it as a whole, I, I, I think it's quite good. Your thoughts? I'd agree with that. I, I think that probably he misses with Diana's face and the twins' faces. Yeah. But otherwise, I, I think... I went to have a look at that. Sorry? <laughs> yeah, I, I do see that, yeah. Yeah, but but otherwise, no, I, I do like the cover of this one. It, it's quite good. And, and that would be probably some of Manor's better art. Um, as I said, I don't usually really like Manor's work, but that's that's really really quite powerful. Well, did you think the fan was a bit too angry in the covers? That some of the um, uh, negative responses I've heard on the covers, no. Yeah, that it might have been a bit too angry. No, I didn't mind it on the covers. Yeah. Mm. And that's not criticism I'll ever have. Like sometimes he's got to get angry. Sometimes yeah. he's happy. Sometimes, you know, he's not a a, a blank one-dimensional character. Yeah, if you Anyone, you can't be yeah. um, so angry that the that the jungle shakes. 
to fill <laughs> an old jungle saying um, and go around with a beaming smile on your face all the time. Yeah, especially when um, your family's been kidnapped. Yes, well, well that's in part that. two. We'll get to that. Oh, sorry. Well, we'll, we'll going on to part two, and I was going to use the covers as a segue. And, yeah, going from the, the quite strong part one cover onto part two, and it's a bit rubbish. It's a pretty bit much rubbish. the same. What, part two? <laughs> the yep. cover. The what front cover? cover. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like Falmain's boob and limbs line oh. up, except minus the boobs. This is a condom full of walnuts, but you've used some almonds and you've used some macadamias and you've just sort of shoved everything in and it's all... Uh, it's Arms just, flying everywhere. It's Who a runs mess. like that? I, I, yeah. I don't actually have a problem with it. Yeah. I don't like this cover at all. Looking at the back cover or the front cover? The back cover's great. Yes, agreed. I, I don't have a problem with any of the covers, to be honest, with, with uh, Full Circle. You're easily pleased. Full Circle Part 2, the, the front cover of that would be one of the worst covers I've, I've seen... Certainly under the new Fru Crew reign for many years, in, including some of the Jim Shepard disasters. No way. No, you're going I'm, a little I'm bit not overboard quite there. That, I'm not going to put it down to some of Felmain's covers he's done the last year or so. Or even of Jim Shepard's covers back in um, you know a couple of years ago. I think you're getting a little bit ahead of yourself there, Dan. No, I'm firm on that. It's rubbish. Oh, yeah, it's still... Yeah, it's not going to win a prize from... from from this end, anyway. It's it's a shame because part one was so strong and part two, yeah. yeah. What are you talking about? Just the just the cover? No, um, the covers the covers not a good start, but part two I don't think finishes the story very well. No, no, no sir. How's that? Yeah. Okay, I've got a list of questions. Okay. For a start, how the hell does Hair Otto? know that the Phantom even has family. That's not discussed. I've written exactly the same thing. How, how the does, hell? <laughs> how does he know that? How does he know where to find them? How does he know that Diana and the kids are people that he should take as hostages? That's never explained. I don't think it... Okay, hang on. Let's, I don't think it was actually supposed to be... I don't think he was intending it to be what, he's the, just, uh, the Phantom. Hang on, hang on, hang well, he's on. He's plucked three random people from the no, middle of New York. Look, and then taking them to the Bengala read, jungle. If you actually read, if you read the story... I have read the story. In page... Um, oh, oh, no, okay. Page so 10, in 16, in 16 it says, everyone knows you work at the United Nations. He's so saying that to Diana, kin- yes. Yeah, it's kidnapping her for because of his connection. And then he, and then he does say, I also know there's some kind of connection between you and the Phantom. Whenever you're in trouble, he right. always seems to come to the rescue. So he does kind of explain why he's kidnapped, what do you call it, um, Diana. Okay, but then on tw- page 26, he says down the bottom there, guns please, good thing I held on to your family a bit longer. So how does he know that yeah. it's family? Yeah. Okay. I'm with, so, I'm with you 110% on that, Dan, it's rubbish. How the hell does he know that? And further to that, in terms of my how questions, and I'm going to come back to the family thing in a minute, but how did they find this crate, which the 20th fandom had deliberately and, and meticulously taken away from where they were burying it and hidden it somewhere under a waterfall? And yet somehow this Herr Otto somehow knows <laughs> to go exactly to where that crate has been hidden. How? How did that happen? Massive pothole. And then... Okay, so I'll answer your first question. 
Kit or Hellaways on page 25 says, my dad will stop you. Thinks. So they actually let out the fact that the fandom is no, their dad. No, it's not a speech bubble. It's a narrative square box. They're thinking it. Yeah, no, I don't know about that one. Uh, well, have a look at the rest of the um, the square boxes. Yep. The okay, square well, boxes. what about what about on page 27 there? If you read across mm-hmm. where it says, um, Dad, sorry for getting you into this. And then he says, son. That's and Arthur. And then on page... That's Arthur. Yeah, but he says, saying that. It's a good thing I've got your family. Yeah, yeah. well, maybe it's one where you've got to read across. I oh, know, because he's not captured there. No. <laughs> rubbish. Yeah, no, but he does say, he does say on page 25, my dad will stop you. It's a thought it's narrative a thought square, square box. Okay. Then, let's go on to page 28 then, since we're in this section of the book. Um, at the top, you could not stop me. Your father could not stop us. I want to. I want you to watch us. I want you to see what your father could not. Pre- He's the ghost who walks, the man who cannot die. How does Herr Otto know that the Phantom is a, a dynasty hero? When did that ever come up? Yeah, I'll give you that one. That, that, that's the whole point of the Phantom. Yeah, but not everyone believes that. So let's, you know, I will give you that one, but not everyone believes that the Phantom is... is general. And don't forget they were, you know... I will give you that one, but okay. you know, I'm sure that could be explained if we if if we wanted to dig more deeper into it. I don't. It's not worth it. It's rubbish. <laughs> um, then, okay, and that, my next point in, in the offence for um, 1777, this Phantom doesn't behave like the way our phantom should. Our phantom, uh, the Leaf Orc phantom who, who... In how way? The Leaf Orc phantom would never scream, shut up, kick someone in the face, I've had enough, um, I'll stop you all, you will die soon enough. That's that's not how our phantom talks. That's not witty, that's not humorous, that's not wry. It's just, it's aggressive. It's too American, I suppose. And it's, it's, a, it's an American superhero approach and it doesn't fit with what I know and love about our phantom, so... He has threatened to kill his family, though. Yeah, you got to give him that. You know, like no, everyone, know. everyone does react a little bit differently when their family is threatened. His family's been threatened plenty of times before, and he's never responded like that. So, oh no, no, Lee Fork, the death threat. Uh, I don't know if you remember that. But it was in the late eighties, early nineties. He was quite physically abusive to uh, the drug lord because they threatened to kill uh, uh, Uncle Dave and his family, which included Diana and the children. Have you ever seen The Phantom? Have you, have you read that story? Oh, probably. I don't recall it off the top of my head. Have you ever Re-read seen... Reread that story, and this is quite tame compared to the way he behaved. He hanged people by the face outside of a building. He stomped on people's heads... When they when they had a um, when they were trying to kidnap his children and stuff like that, so I take your point that it's very Americanized, but you got to take into account that this is his children, and I'm sure if someone was threatening your children, you would be very violent to them as well. Maybe I would be, but I'm. It's not. So, I've never seen the Phantom say "shut up" before. It's it's not clever. It's just not who he is. It's not how he reacts. So it. For me, even something as little as that just speaks to a complete misunderstanding of the character. Yeah, I reckon reread uh, the death threat. 
and I think you'll be quite amazed at how he behaves in that story as well. I'll go back and look at it, but I'm at this stage not convinced. And either way, I'm not going to suddenly enjoy Full Circle Part 2 anymore. <laughs> I don't see it as a... Um, uh, after you read The Death Threat, you're going to all of a sudden enjoy Full Circle Part 2. I don't see that in a way. It's more the fact that when you read... You know, there has been... Lee Falk's stories where the Phantom behaves differently, especially when his family is um, threatened. For those who may be interested in the death threat that I'm we were about talking say, about, it has been published in 960 and 1438. didn't realise that it was published again, to be honest. Yeah, um, 1990, 2006. Yeah, so it's... It's it's it is quite a um, interesting read that one. Um, I actually really enjoyed the story, but yeah, I, I I I can I can understand Dan why you don't like it for all of those points, but I think you know with the point about his family being threatened, I think we can expect to see a slightly different Phantom. He is human after all, and we do like our Phantom to be human. Fair enough, but I it was that. It was the shut up, I think. That um, and then and then you will die. The Phantom doesn't go around threatening people's lives yeah. uh, because he doesn't kill people. So, but is he saying that you will die by him? No, or he doesn't say that. The fact that he's old. No, he could well die, be saying. But the, the, he does it's a, die soon. He does, and that comes to pass. But it's certainly said in a threatening uh, situation yeah. and manner. I would have thought. Yeah, I agree with that. And then what the hell is uh, suddenly Kit? Junior somehow gets to untie himself and sneaks up behind <laughs> Dad and spent, has got enough time to untie... Like This is on page 30. He's untying the rope. Get him. One, two, three, four panels later, the rope's finally untied, and somehow all of these men who are standing three metres away with guns haven't been able to stop it. Yeah, I know, but when you're, when you're doing... Like in a movie, it'll be slow motion, right? And it will take... Will take like forty seconds or a minute for like one second. It's slow motion. Him untying. Although the panels do look like they're out of order. What sort of knot have they tied that a ten-year-old can untie it that quickly? Well, to be honest, have you also noticed that there's that the untying of the knots around sequence? Yeah, yeah, look I at just, the top there. Yeah, I just said that. Yeah. What hidden? Yeah. Well, did you? Yeah. That's <laughs> all right. Um, but yeah. But, you know, I would think that the Phantom's probably trained his children to untie knots or, you know, do stuff like that because, you know, he's going to be the Phantom one day. Which would... If that was the only problem I had with it, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But uh, by that stage, I was probably looking for faults because <laughs> I had seen so many. <laughs> I, I so you liked agree, part but... one, but you didn't like part two. Yeah, I'm that's pretty a bit much right. in the same boat there, too. I didn't think... Part two was anywhere near as good as, as part one. You see, probably the biggest issue that I had with this whole story, you two haven't raised it, and that's the fact that um, uh, after the death, after the death of the old man, um, he kind of does a backflip. Oh, it just lets old mate go. It lets her on yes. junior go. Well, I haven't yeah, finished. That's probably that's probably my <laughs> weakest part about the story is that part. That's that's an also a problem just lets the bad guy go, oh, yes, you've suffered enough and you've learned a valuable lesson about how I and my kid operate together, so off you go. Garbage. Not even a skull mark. 
<laughs> so Stephen, Dan's had his part. <laughs> yeah, well, let, we'll let we'll let we'll let Dan cool down a little bit. <laughs> my um my issues with it started on the first page. Well, actually, of course, it started on the cover because I thought that was a bit rubbish. But the first page, that leg is just coming out of nowhere as he's falling down. That leg should you know should be going all the way to the edge of his bum there, rather than being stuck in the middle of his guts. I thought, okay, that's interesting. Let's see how the rest of it goes. And, you know, it goes on all right once you figure out which way you got to go with your panels when, you, when you're reading. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he's out of the water, then all of a sudden he's still in the water, gasping for Oh, sugars, I've, I've read that wrong. So I'll start reading that again. So a little bit of confusion there. And, yeah, things are just all over the shop. Like, I read this, well, I think it was today or yesterday, um, and I thought I'll, I won't need to go back and, and read part one because, um, yeah, it's still fairly fresh in my, in my head. I got to page nine where you can see that Diana and the kids are kidnapped. I thought, what the hell did I miss? So I went back and, and read it, read part one again and realized, oh, that's a good story. There's nothing to do with Diana and the kids. And I thought, oh, hopefully it gets explained well in the, um, in the course of this book. It gets explained, doesn't it? Explained well. The, the link is tenuous at best. Dudley makes mention of the of the spread in page twelve thirteen with Hero galloping through the rain there and and Phantom riding in that and he said how but it looks uh, no yeah I, I don't know who rides like that that's a bit weird looking and I don't a hundred percent agree with the um with the art of Hero there and I know that um, horses are incredibly hard to draw I've, I've heard. People say that the way to draw a horse is first you draw a unicorn and you rub out the, the horn. <laughs> They're quite difficult, and I'm no artist, but, yeah, I expected that to look a bit better. It looks more like a, a giant wolf than a, um, than a horse. And then the rest of the story, yeah, part one started so well, and then part two just dropped the ball on, on so many occasions. You know, how the hell do you know the lineage? You know, the fans' reaction to to things. Some of the artwork, again, like I said, is inconsistent, but it's more noticeable now. So, yeah, unfortunately, it, it lets it down a lot. So do you think some of those issues that you've raised have, is, would be the reason why Moonstone never published it in the first place? It would have to have something to do with it. Yeah, I reckon. But then again, it's just what we think. We don't know the actual answer. Yeah. So, do you think it was good for Fru to publish it? I I don't think there's any harm in publishing it, mainly because you get good stories and you get bad stories. This is not the worst story I've ever read, um, but certainly not the best, and mainly because some of those elements there just didn't work. A little bit of touching up, and, and this could have been a really good story. But however, with those. With those little things, with the with the lineage and the uh, the reaction there, the shut up and then oh yeah, you've let me listen now. It just lessens the story. So did you did you like it, Jim? Because you've you've as you've said you've seen it before, you've re- already read it, you knew what to expect. Did you like the story? Um, did I like the story? It was neither there or it was neither you know I neither liked it or I neither disliked it. It was, so it's probably, you know, by that comment, it's, you know, sometimes you get a fandom comic and it's like, 
yeah, read that. I'll put that away, and then you probably won't touch it again. Mm. Or it's, but it's not one of those stories where you give up halfway through, or you go, oh my gosh, why am I bothering wasting my time reading this? So, a lot of the wedding gifts. I thought that the, some of the colouring was a little. Like, I I still have a little bit of concern with the colouring. I think it was. Um, I don't know whether it's to do with the paper whether it's to do with the colouring style or not, but that's probably my biggest concern was I just couldn't get into the colouring, the colour of it. Skin tone t- seems to change from page to page or even issue to issue. Mm, so my biggest concern is probably the colour. I didn't have a problem with the with the covers or the Angry Phantom or had half to do with the other issues that you've raised because... A lot of those issues and a lot of those plot holes and stuff like that I've seen in other Phantom comics. So it's, you know, it's not like it was a deal breaker for me because there's been a lot worse stories and there's been a lot um, from letting the Phantom lore go but also with plot holes as well. So, yeah, long answer short, it's just an average story for me. But... I do in answer to in answering the question that I asked you, Stephen, is I think it was worth and it was good to see Fru publish something like this. Yeah. I would agree with that. My question there would be, why not call it Phantom's World? But that was the problem that that we've already discussed in what is it, two, three fa- uh, podcasts ago with the um the Renaissance, yeah. Yeah, when we were actually discuss it, is that. In my opinion, this would have been a better... This is a Phantom's World, as from what I understand. And I think yeah. I think if it was called a Phantom's World, it might be a little bit more forgivable that it's missed its mark a little bit because the Phantom's World issues uh, all, yeah. largely have. And, and in fact, even in the in the message from the publisher on in the in the first one, seventeen seventy six, Dudley says something. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, last year we had Expedition in the Jungle Parts One and Two, very informal. Perry and Felmang now feature your eyes on Lou Manor's art for the very first yeah. time. So he's all he's made that comparison himself, and it seems odd that they haven't put it put two and two together. Yeah, I agree that the way I see Phantom's World, this should have been a Phantom's World. That Agreed. the way I see Phantom's World is advertising. Maybe I'm reading it wrong, and <coughs> to, this, to the date of recording this, we neither of us have. No, none of the three of us have gotten a clarification on this, that Fam's World is stories that have been um, that have been published by other publishers, not including Egmont, i.e. Sparta, Moonstone, etc., etc. So, yeah, I would have seen this as a, as a Phantom's World. But I don't think... I think even if this was a Phantom's World comic, we would still be discussing the plot holes... And all of that, oh, and all sure. that type of stuff. Sure. I don't think the Phantoms world gives it a a um, a free awesome. ride. There was even a little part there, just to give one more negative. Um, <laughs> page, page eleven. A he long run tonight. He, he gets Giron to um, to saddle up Hero for him, and if yeah, this way, sir, everything is ready. What the hell, Giron Alfred? Now, yeah, come on. Well. And now that we've opened up on that double page spread, what about on page 10? Uh, suddenly they sent such a high-resolution photo of the hostages that the Phantom can see 
<laughs> some mountains in the reflection of her eyes, and he knows exactly that that's where the hostages are. So he goes goes and chases them. Yeah. Yeah, but that, that's that plot holes in every um, every crime show, TV show, and stuff like that. You know, you, they can get a fuzzy TV footage, and then they can uh, get software to um, fill in the pixels. Yeah. My point is, I guess we're starting to find a <laughs> problem on every single page. Yeah. It's. Yeah, and I think we've all agreed that it's not the best story. Um, I think Fru, I think Fru did a good diligence in publishing it. I would agree. Some of the art, some of the artwork is amazing, and looks great in colour. Well, I, I think, for instance, page twenty-two, that should have been the cover of seventeen seventy-seven. Page twenty-two, that's unreal. I really enjoy that, and there's even a good space at the top for a phantom banner. Yeah, why wasn't that the cover? Not too angry enough? Oh, there are times when the jungle's got to shake. What, like when there's um, uh, families being kidnapped? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yep. Let's move on. We, should, well, we need to move on because if we keep flicking through it, we're going to get all of the colour on our fingertips and wear it off the page because <laughs> that's another problem with it is that uh, the colour's not sticking to the page particularly well. Isn't it? I would have noticed that. Uh, well, I've been very, very careful to to flick through it, but um, certainly I think Dudley acknowledges as much in the message from the publisher in the next one. By now you will have got your di- hands dirty reading Lou Manor's Full Circle. Ah. Yes, the, the colour keeps coming off. One important lesson okay. was in relation to the excessive use of black on newsprint style paper. From now on we need to use lighter, softer colour. So um, they're, they're learning about how to do colour as well, and we, we've said that it's only been 12 months now that uh, colour's mm. been appearing in Fruz, so it's a, it's a work in progress. So 1778 is The Challenge, which is a daily story from back in... I had this written down. May 2015 until... Uh, so 11th of May 2015 through to 12th of September that same year. So this story actually runs before uh, the stories that we had in the Christmas special, and there's actually a reference to that within within this story where um, one of the twins says that, um, you know, I've heard mum and dad talking and they're going to send us away to school. So we've already read that, you know, they've already been sent away. So my little wife is, I wish we had this story before we had um, the Christmas special, and I've gone on the podcast to say that. Yes. Um, so I'm not going to re- rehash that. Now, I read this story as a daily as, as it came out, and I enjoyed it. It wasn't like a stamp collector one or, um, you know, a boring drop the kids off at school. But I've gone uh, Jermaine the last couple of times. So, uh, Dan, what do you reckon of the challenge? I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was a, I thought it was a really good story. I thought it, the the characterisation that we had of Garan was was really interesting to spend a bit of time with that character and, and get inside his head and find out what's going on in his life. The challenge that he had from uh, Kipawa, was it? Uh, yes, I believe so. Yep, and and which came as a surprise because he thought that Kapawa's father Babadan was going to challenge him, and and just that characterisation of Garan and getting inside his head was really really good. I liked the way that it referred to um, Lee Fork stories and harkened back to that that history. And um, so, oh, for instance, on page fourteen, it refers to the Phantom's Treasure by Fork and more. And I'm actually really keen to go back and read that one again now to re acquaint myself with the story of Timo, um, who's Garan's son who has let him down, which has caused 
Garin to change the way that the, the tribal chief mantle is passed along. It'll be good to actually see what happens to Taimo. He might have just disappeared. Well, and maybe there's a story there for, for mm. someone to pick up. I liked, uh, you know, they hearken, hearken back to the treehouse. The twins go back and visit the treehouse. It's for the first time we've probably seen the treehouse in a long, long time. So that was nice to see again. And then just the overall theme about leadership and um, what it means to be a leader and how to be, you know, the, that learning that Kapawa goes through. But, but at the same time, Kit and Heloise, by watching how their dad handles the whole situation, they learn what it means to be the Phantom. They also pick up on those messages of leadership in terms of supporting others and, and helping them and getting them through. No, I, I, I really enjoyed all of that. And so, yeah, this, this is probably, of the, of the four stories we're talking about, or we've talked about tonight so far, um, this is certainly my highlight. It's a nice story, isn't it? Yeah. Hmm. It's, um, yeah, there's two parallel arcs running, you know, of, of the growth and seeing good in people, and yeah, yeah. It's um, I remember reading it. I I, I read it in the newspapers where I kind of like read a whole heap, like you know, and then don't touch it for like six months or something, mainly because I forget to keep reading in every story. But it's um, every day. But yeah, it was um, it was a nice. You know, you know how like I said at the beginning how you. It's nice to have a um, a story that's not full on about this. You know, it's kind of like a, a stopgap type of story. You know, it's a fun story. It's got a good moral in it. It doesn't add anything to the legacy or the ongoing fandom arc, but it's a nice fun story. It yeah, might not add anything. That just it draws your attention to a few things that may have just left your your consciousness for a little mm. bit. Hmm. It's a, um, a good escapism story, which I think was the word that um, uh, our last guest used when we were discussing the Phantom. Mm. Yeah, I'd have to agree with uh, with every. I've really enjoyed the story. I enjoyed it when I was reading it you know, on a daily basis, and I've and enjoyed it putting it back together again. Um, I really like the the scene where um, you know, the, the fans rough on roughnecks while he's on the phone home. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> so that the it's a great element, you know, getting the information, bashing up the bad guy. But as a comedic twist with the uh, with the core home, you know, is is a is a man. He's got to work, but he's trying to take his home as well at the same time. How many you know, times he is, yeah? How many times he's been uh, at work doing something while you know calling home and that? Yeah. And you could have exactly the same conversation. They've worded it really well. Oh, I've got just got a meeting. Yeah. My meeting's turned up. All that sort of stuff. Mm. <laughs> Then you go and you bash up the bad guy. And <laughs> <laughs> or, um, oh, I should have told them I'm going to call tomorrow. God, they're up, they're up late enough already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the, then the bad guy, you know, hearing the, the, the call, Garan, who the hell is Garan? There's no Garan here. <laughs> no, I, it was really cleverly written, in, and, and to be a story within those broader arcs, I think, worked, worked really well. But... Yeah. With this story inside a story, how did it flow? Because, Dan, you actually read it each day. How did it flow each day, or does it read better in the comic? Well, no, actually, this is the first time I've read it. Um, I'm not particularly good at keeping up with the dailies. Um, since our last discussion, I have made a point of keeping up with the Curse of Old Man Moz story. But generally speaking, I'm not particularly good at keeping up with the dailies. So this is the first time I've, I've ever read any of this, and... Uh, no, I did. I I really I really liked it. How about you, um, 
Stephen. Yeah, it, it wasn't jarring at all. It, it was. Excuse me. It was good to get some action. Yeah. So, anything else? We don't really want to uh, spoil the story for um, for those who haven't read it. We won't spoil the ending, but we'll, we will say that um, lessons are learnt. It's a fairly long lesson that takes the whole twenty-seven pages. I think is the the running time yeah. for for this one. But everyone, of course, there's a it's a happy ending, of course. And 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 I know you said like a fun story that doesn't really add anything. I, I, I do think it it does. You know, there, there's opportunity there for the future now. In case we get a twenty-two, then there might be an opportunity for for this to to come back, maybe. Just harking back on our on our last podcast. Well, you could see Kapawa replacing Garan and becoming you, you the, the 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 friend of the twenty second Phantom. Yeah, that that that's it. Did we say anything about the cover for this one? Because the, I'll, I'll I'll think about going on the cover now rather than after Heart of Darkness, seeing as the cover's got nothing to do with Heart of Darkness. Who did the cover for this one? Jeremy first. Oh, hasn't he come a long way? Yeah. That that's. That's excellent. I would, I'd, yeah. The colouring's really good on it as well. Mm. No, he's come, he's come out really well, I think. Yeah, I know um, people have liked his art from the start, but um, I did have some reservations, but this is, oh, that's really good. Good on you, Jeremy, if you're listening. This is a really, really nice cover. I think he's done a great job on this one. His cover, his Phantom almost looks very uh, film ish That good film ish not... Um, Recent time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, yeah, when I see his his phantom, I think of uh, filming straight away. Well, that's um, that's fairly high praise for Jeremy. Oh, he, yeah, and he he'll he'll appreciate it because I know he actually likes the look of his um, Sparta work as well. So before we get on to Heart of Darkness, we did mention before that this story references um, the. Story of the Phantom's Treasure, the, the Falk uh, Moore story, I should say. Uh, the Phantom's Treasure, if you're keeping score and you want to know if you can go back and read that, um, you can either read issue number five from way back in 1948, but it, if you're unlucky and you don't have that, you can wait until um, the Replica series get there, or you can just go to 1436 and read it there. It's been actually been republished ten times throughout history. 576B, 144, 244, 379, 541, 722, 972, 1125, and 1436. It must be a, um, a very good story to be done quite so much, and often it was twice a decade. But and uh, just about due to come around again. Yeah, by the look of that time frame. 96, 2006, well, we're overdue now, aren't we? <laughs> to see it again. Anyway, we'll move on to Heart of Darkness, Chapter 3, Part 3, The Body in the Swamp. And before we get started, Issue 1778 does include two parts of um, Heart of Darkness, Chapter 3. Better say that off the top of the... I'll go, I'll leave with uh, Jermaine on this because you've always been a big advocate for Heart of Darkness. So um, what do you think of, of Part 3 there, Jan? It's... um. We're starting to see, I'll, I'll do like part three and four because I okay, kind of like yep. the fact that they did the two together. I thought it was a good idea, you know. It um, flows nicely. Yeah. 
And you, we're starting to see some of these widespread threads that we've discussed in the past, like why the hell we just, why the hell we got this, why have we got this, why have we got this. It's so like we're almost starting to see some of the threads starting to come together. Yeah, yeah, uh, Dan. I certainly enjoyed reading the two of them together. I thought there's, a, I got a lot more value out of reading, what it is, you know, 14 or 16 pages all in a row rather than eight now and eight next month sort of thing. So I enjoyed that. Be interested to to know what your thoughts are though in terms of the the result of that is that this has gone from a normal 36 page story to a 44 page issue, I should say, and the resultant extra dollar on the cover price as well. It's $4.50 instead of $3.50. So is it worth... Well, it's, it's more expensive in New Zealand. It's $500. Yes, they probably want to put the decimal <laughs> point on there. <laughs> is, it, is it worth the extra dollar to get the stories back-to-back like that? In this case, yes. I didn't mind um, digging in my pocket for that extra dollar. I was a little surprised. I wasn't expecting it, um, particularly after the two issues beforehand, both being $6 one. Yeah, that's I, I thought it would just be a, uh, back to a normal 350 And, yeah, then yeah, when they said $4, what? And I looked at, oh, 44 pages, okay. I'll, I'll give you an extra dollar. But, yeah, I don't mind. It's okay. I think enough about them. Yeah. the only other option they had was keeping it at 36 and then we would have had... We wouldn't have had a heart of darkness because the it finished at page thirty six. So unless they printed it on the back cover, which I don't see them doing, so it would have meant that we wouldn't have seen heart of darkness for because next issue's a um, replica series, which we'll touch upon in a second. So we wouldn't have seen heart of darkness then. We haven't seen heart of darkness since what? Um, Five issues ago, we've got Full Circle, Part 1, Part 2, Wedding Gifts, plus the annual. So that's, yeah, and then before that, we had it in The Thief. So five issues between drinks, and then if we if they didn't do this, we wouldn't have seen it for another two on top of that. Mm. So it was like, it was the perfect opportunity for them to fit it in it. And then when it was like, oh, we're going to be an extra page, like I said, they could have either... Printed on the back cover, which is a real option, or they could have, you know, dragged an extra dollar out of us and put two parts together. Which do you think they would have? Which, which, yeah. I think it's a bit of an. I think it's a bit of a non-negotiable that you could kind of stick at the end of this. And and it does um, it does address the problem that people are saying about you know. Uh, so long between issue, uh, so long between episodes. You put two of them together all of a sudden. So, is this something that they should consider going forward? Is um, putting them together two at a time? Well, we've discussed before that maybe they should put like do a whole issue mm-hmm. of all of the parts together. Well, maybe the whole of the whole of chapter four, for instance, when we, when we get there. Yeah, especially because you've got gaslight, which seems to be the same type of. Um, Vein, which we've discussed a few times on the podcast, but I think this is a this is this could be seen as a good test to see whether a couple of parts together work well, which I think it does. I think it has. Yeah, well, yeah, same here. I think the story has been good. There's plenty happening. Plots are ready to be explored. Um, that's what I said for chapter three, uh, part three. Then 
part four. I said, enjoying it. And yeah, I want to see what happens next. It's really mm. whetting my appetite. I really want to see what's happening next. My only criticism would probably be if my kid, if I'm living in a, a village in the middle next of a swamp, swamp. Um, I would probably check the village really thoroughly before I dive into the swamp looking for a lost child. <laughs> turns, turns out he's just in a boat asleep. You know, yeah. check the boats before you suddenly wander out into the deadly swamp. Yeah, good point. Minor point, minor point, but. And of course, once again, See the the Phantom's Kryptonite being hit in the back of the head by a by a weapon. <laughs> yep. Me, if you want to get him down, that's the way you do it. Yeah, his that. spider senses aren't working, are they? <laughs> but how will he get out of this one? It's he's not falling out of a plane, yeah. but it's still a pretty good cliffhanger. That's right. So we have to wait. Won't be the next issue because next issue is going to be a, a free replica, which will have which Yay. which yeah. I, th- I I can feel your excitement from here, Andrew. So, which numbers are, are we covering in this one? 1779 in, in, has got uh, issues 172, which is Alexander's Cup and the Gibbs Brothers. Issue 171, the Super Apes, and 170, the Matchmaker. So we're so 171. Do you think you do you think Free ever got in? Do you think Free could do a cover like that again in in today's modern world? No. Well, bashing the ape. Simply no. <laughs> bashing an ape. Right in the face. You'd want to make it probably more clear than this image is that a prime Anyone ape who's read the story knows that it's not actually an ape, that it's a person dressed up as an ape. Yes. But, um, yeah, you you could not do a cover like that in today's world. Well, similar to no. the wedding gifts, isn't it? If you if you understand the context, okay. it's probably okay, but out of context, it looks very, very bad. <laughs> or even uh, 172 where he's strangling two natives with a smile on his face. Different times. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see him strangling. It looks like he's guiding them with a bit of force. <laughs> <laughs> guiding their heads together. As it's, it's interesting watching the covers and, and stuff like that about what they can and can't, what they did back then they couldn't do these days. Mm. Will anyone be taking advantage of the offer of getting a free slipcase and a free 10th issue by getting all 10 replicas? So you can put them on your shelf and then separate to the normal run of your collection. You've got slipcases that need filling, Jim. <laughs> I'm not going um, to buy them. Yeah, no, I won't be. Re- I won't re- be rebuying them. I'll buy a slipcase, which I'm sure a lot of completists will. I wonder, but yeah, uh, actually, we've already, they've already got this. They've already done the slipcases, haven't they? Yeah, yes, but you had one. Yeah, I've already got two, so I won't be buying any more. Actually. Beauty, I just saved myself some money. Um, <laughs> By already spending it. <laughs> yeah, the wife will be happy. <laughs> but no, I won't be taking up on that offer. Yeah. No, I what just... What about you guys? I'll, I'm not going to get a slipcase, but I do love flipping through these collector series and seeing the, the art of Wilson McCoy. And, that, you know, even though I have read this story before, as, as we've said a hundred times, there'll be people who haven't read them who are who are joining in. It's great to, to have these come around and to, to read these narratives and compare them to Full Circle, for instance. Um, this is how Phantom Stories should be written. It's chalk and cheese, aren't they? Yep. Mm. Okie dokie. Um, so that's all we've got for our, um, for our comics reviews at the moment. We will have a bit of a preview a little bit later in, in the podcast. Some of you may be wondering where our review of the recent King's Cross um, series is. That'll be coming up in a, in a future podcast. I don't know if it'll be the best one or one after, but it'll be coming up in a future podcast. So 
they're looking forward to that. Now, if we go into the news, we've got a little bit of news out of the art gallery show that you went to the other day, uh, Dan. Would you like to, to go on with that? Yeah, certainly. It um, caused probably a lot more excitement than I probably the expected. actual show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, um, I, you know, I was very excited to go down to the show and the opening was fantastic and I spent a bit of time and a bit of effort and a bit of energy, you know, trying to take a few photos and a bit of video and uh, talk to some people and, and, and write a really nice report about the, the art show and that sort of thing, which, which a few people seem to enjoy. But then you throw up a photo of a brand new phantom ring product on the market and suddenly the internet melts down and, and everybody wants to know about that story and what's going on there so just very briefly that you can read the whole scenario on on chroniclechamber.com because i've written up a, a story there but uh peter kingston has been making just with the leftover resin from the from the figurines he makes for the snakes and ladders game or the phantom game of life and death game um has made a few and very few 15 only uh skull rings that are moulded from the ring that he received from Michael Bryce, who opened the Toowoomba Art Show. So uh, Peter created a mould out of that and uh, used that to create 15 rings, which were painted in gold and available for sale at Goffs Harbour. They, the last one of those got was sold by 9:30 on Sunday morning, so they were they were out for less than less than 36 hours before they were all gone. They're not licensed, but they are associated with the art gallery, which is licensed, so it's a, a, a tricky little grey area. But the the collectors that I've spoken to, and, and I happen to know where um, 11 of the 15 rings have gone, so it's um, a small little circle of people who, who have managed to pick them up. The, the people that I've spoken to understand that it's not licensed, but are happy with the, the, the close association there. For, for people who haven't seen it, as I said, there's the page on, on Chronicle Chamber. There's also a, a great other range of merchandise that was available at Coffs Harbour. They've, they've done a lot more merch for the Phantom Art Show than any of the other galleries have done. Uh, a couple of T-shirts, the rings, as I said, some postcards, the Snakes and Ladders game is there uh, available. So the, my plan is that in the next week or so, I'll do a, one of our X-Band Chronicle Chamber video reviews and put that up on YouTube uh, for people to see of all of the various merchandise that was available there. Excellent. Um, Anthony, do you have the gym? I suppose it was really Dan's baby, that one. Yeah, Dan's baby. I will, I will say this. child. It was, it was very, very funny on the night because um, I wasn't advertising that I was down in Coffs Harbour on the Friday night. And uh, so I was keeping that pretty quiet on social media, but there, I could tell the moment that the Kid Walker Facebook page had posted up a photo of me in attendance because suddenly my phone went bananas with uh, probably half a dozen Phantom fans who had my contact details and were saying, oh, I see you're at the at Coffs Harbour. Can you please pick me up a shirt or a ring or some postcards or any combination thereof? Ah, <laughs> uh, Very good. Jermaine, would you like to talk to us about the Phantom at Chronological series? Okay, so uh, again, it's all on the all on the website. So if you want to have a look at some photos and, and stuff like that, it, or more details in particular, it's on the website. Basically, the best way to describe it is it is very very similar as the uh, the free chrono, uh, replica series, where basically they get uh, a copy of the stories they're going from number one instead of going from 200 going backwards 
and they're putting three or four in at a time with including, you know, the cover, uh, any of the extra editorial stuff, uh, adverts and all that type of stuff, and putting it in a, a stiff cardboard, which is, again, very similar as the fruit one. So the best way to describe it is it is very similar to the fruit. Um, it is in black and white. It costs, if you were to buy it from Norway, not including shipping, it costs about $20 for 132 pages. And the first one is a little bit cheaper, and it also includes a poster. So that's probably the best way to describe it. All details on the website. I know the question one of you is going to ask me is whether I'm going to get it or not. Well, you wouldn't be, surely. To be honest, I'm still sitting on the fence. I probably won't be getting it, but because it, in my opinion, it doesn't. It's nothing new or doesn't add anything, unlike the Egmont Swedish version, which adds extra articles and extra images in their hardcover uh, collections. So it adds a poster. Yeah, it's got a poster, but you know that that, that did have a little bit of a ooh, poster. Um, but no, I probably won't be getting it. But you're a completist. Well. I am, but I'm kind of going against being a completist at the moment um, because, as it's some people may know, I my wife wants to go on a holiday at Hawaii, so I got some fandom stuff has to go to the wayside, and I'm focusing on certain things on my wish list instead of buying everything. But you said there was a poster. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Stop trying to talk me into it. <laughs> His wife's not going to be happy with you, Dan. You can just slide into yeah. the top of your next package from Scandinavia, surely. Yeah, I know. I've, really, I've played all the scenarios. <laughs> <laughs> so, listeners, he's definitely going to be getting one of these uh, chronological series. <laughs> well, maybe some of these, uh, you know, Egmont, if you're listening, maybe you just need to give us a free copy so we can promote it better on our website. Well, Stephen would love to see one of those, so just send them his way. I don't know, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Egmont. We want a free copy. <laughs> Talking about things we'll want a free copy of, Hermes Series 2 has uh, been announced. Now, it's just been announced, I'm, I'm sure. It hasn't actually um, gone to print yet. Is that the way we're reading this? Well, it's not in comic book stores. No. Um, not sure if it's been in print because I don't know what the – the procedure and the time frame for that is. But, yeah, no, it's not – hasn't been released in comic book stores. I, I think it is in print, but not um, not in stores yet. Yeah. yeah. And so certainly we won't, won't be available in Australia for quite some time. Although Phantom's Vault <laughs> is getting it in. So we can confirm that. That's been announced uh, on Facebook in various, in various ways. Yes. Now, I'm not sure – on the variants, that hasn't really been discussed too much. Like, I'm not sure if there's going to be Australian variants like Series 1 or anything like that. So I get the feeling there was a fair bit of pushback on how many variants and the, the quality of the variants. And Because I think there were 16 different variants of um, Issue 1 of Series one, 1. There's only been four that have been announced for this Issue 1 of Series 2. So... I wouldn't be surprised if they're trying to keep it a bit more to a minimum this time around. Yeah. Well, the problem with the variants last time is that 
you know, a lot of them were in black and white virgin, and then you had them in the negative color, and it was just kind of like, you know, trying to get everything out. Um, another series that's been announced is Lightning Strike. So these are the Irish guys, is this correct? Yes. Who, um, who did a, uh, a one-off for the 80th anniversary last year. Um, now they're, they're introducing a new series. Yes. Is it a series or is it just a one-off comic book? I know. Well, well, I, I think I, it's I'm a reading series. series here. So. Oh, is it? Yeah. So that's um, yeah, and have you seen some of the art that's come out? The art's very top quality. It's not... So, for those who don't know is or can't remember, they produced the 80th anniversary special of Comic Con, which had what was it? it was about five or six stories in different formats and different in different uh, guises in the comic, and it got a fair bit of mixed reviews. We all loved it from memory, but I think people were expecting expecting something different. But it's going to be one creative team, and they're going to be producing it. And with some of the artwork that has been floated around, it is top quality. Um, we have been in communication with them, and they are going to be sending us all of the promo information and all that type of stuff. So as we get it, and as we are allowed to post it, i.e. when it's they've given us permission to post it, it will be on the website. But I think it's going to be one to watch. Certainly, I'll be picking up both the Lightning Strikes and the Hermes series too. I'll be I'll be getting copies of those stories as soon as I can. I assume uh, you guys will be as well, or yeah, I will be. Yeah, that's the plan. And I I believe that there is going to that um, Phantom's Vault is looking at getting light the Lightning Strikes comics into in via them as well, like they did with the other one. Okay. Now, you mentioned there that that Lightning Strikes are, are sending us some promo material and stuff, and when we get it out, we'll, we'll definitely send it out as soon as we're allowed to speak about it. Something else that, uh, that there, there are times during this podcast or being, you know, on the Chronicle Chamber uh, writing staff, there are times when you think, my goodness, I have a good job, or my goodness, I'm where, I, where I'm supposed to be. Especially when... If only we got paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> if only we got paid for it, it would be even better. Because we have been extremely lucky enough and we are eternally grateful to the Fruit Crew for sending us an inv- advanced copies of not only the first issue of the new Gaslight series coming out, but we've also seen the very first issue of Kid Phantom and full colour. Now, we're not going to give a hell of a lot away because that would be telling and it would be, no, be doing nobody any favours. I think we might start with Gaslight first before we go to Kid Phantom. Initial thoughts there? Well, we, sh- we should say that we haven't actually got physical copies of these things. It's oh, no. Just, yeah, just PDFs but, yeah. And, and low res at that. But I, I would reiterate everything you just said about, there about how fortunate I feel to have seen those. Gaslight, I... I enjoyed it, but my jury's probably still out a little bit. I'd probably like to see it in the full res, and to be fair to it, I probably need to sit a, spend a little bit more time sitting down reading it because it is. Uh, I found it a little bit heavy going in terms of the dialogue and that sort of thing. So whether that's just because I was um, so excited and I was reading it in a hurry and then I got distracted by Kid Phantom and spent a lot more time with that, to be to be honest. So do you prefer Kid Phantom over Gaslight? Oh, for, oh, yes, I do. Between the two of them, yeah, I do. But uh, that's not to, that's not to belittle 
gaslight in any way. I think that some people will be challenged by the artwork in it, but I think there's reasons for the choices that have been made, and, and I understand those reasons, and I think that it raises questions about, you know, technology that's available at various times in history and, and what they could have done or could have made and what's realistic for the time. The, so that in terms of the artwork, I think that Jason Palos has done a, a really nice job, um, and, I, and as I said, I really look forward to seeing it in a, in a larger scale and, and a bit clearer. The plot I found a little bit, as I said, a little bit dense and a little bit, yeah, I, I, I need to spend some more time with it. And get, it's, it's a bit more adult, and, and that's what you would hope to see appear in the back of a, a regular fruit con- comic um, is something that's going to you know, take a little bit of cognition and a little bit of thought. But at this stage, I've got two thumbs up on Gaslight for sure. Um, looking forward to seeing it, uh, looking forward to seeing more of it, and, and certainly keen on episode two. Very good. Jermaine? Um, have you looked at it more than just on your phone? Have you been able to see it a bit bigger yet? Or? Yeah, no. I've um, I've seen... I've skim-read it on my phone, and um, I've had a quick look over it on the computer at work. I've been extremely busy since we've got it, so I have not had an in-depth look at it. So a first impressions look is... I'm unsure on some of the Phantom costume elements... But that's the only query I have of the art, I th- and I think I think if you're a traditionalist or you can't handle a little bit of change, you you may be struggling a little bit with this. But apart from that, it's got all the fandom elements. They're staying true to the character. They're the you know um, as we've discussed before, uh, you know the female fandom is involved which I think is brilliant because I think it's a, a real area that, uh, that has not been, what would you call it, explored well enough in the Phantom in the past. So, yeah, I think it's good. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where it takes us. And, yeah, I look forward to seeing it in an actual comic. I agree with the, the two of you there. People are going to be wondering what the heck this, this change in art style or film costume is. Well, if you want to know what it is, you're going to have to wait until it comes out because um, we're not talent. Um, <laughs> other way, some of you may be challenged by it. I, I get what you mean there, um, Dan, by being very dense in the story, like there's, there's a lot going on. But I think it's good for the you know the, the first issue because yeah. you, know, you need to get, you need to get the, the ball plot, rolling. Yeah. So, yeah, it gets everything going there. Um, and I really like the, um, the, the end and the way Julie's done it, I think. Yeah, the artwork's great. I think there's a there's a lot of hope for this story, and, and I can't wait for for issue two. Yeah, and um, it's hard it's hard to make a, a call when you've only read what you know like a, a few pages, and you don't actually have the full story, or you don't know what's going to happen and all that. But you know, first impression. That's the fun of it, though. Yeah. yeah, it is. And and I think we'd all agree that the message we would be sending to Phantom readers is that they should be excited about this yeah. about this story coming yeah. out. And don't fear it, brace it. It, it should be great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, whereas, um, as you mentioned, Gaslight's probably aimed at an older reader, the other one that we got to got to preview, Kid Phantom, is very much aimed at um, the younger reader. And, and I've got a message here from Glenn, and I'll, and I'll use it. I, I don't think I'm saying anything... In, out of, out of school here, and I think he wants us to bear this in mind. In fact, he says, bear in mind, uh, with the Kid Phantom, it is written with within the canon. The authors 
have written this with the canon in mind. The writer has used the first Avon novel as, uh, quote, the Bible, which apparently was, according to Lee Falk, the most definitive history. I'm currently reading the Hermes reprint of, of that, and I'm enjoying about a third of the way through it. I don't like how he sets the, the skull uh, thrown outside of the skull cave in, in the book, but that doesn't seem to be happening but, in, in this comic that we've got, though. Yeah, but that was in that was in a lot of the um, uh, Fort Barry stories back, you know, in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. Anyway, I'll, I'll keep going. Yeah, so according to Fort, this was the most definitive history. This will become more obvious in later issues. We hope readers will see that it's written in the true spirit of the Phantom. Stephen, have you shown it to your kids? Uh, no, not yet. I haven't had the I haven't had the chance. We've just been flat out. Yeah, but I know that you have, um, Dan. Yes. Yeah. So what 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 basically did? Because I, I think you showed it to Angus. Yeah, I've shown it to Angus, who's seven, and also mm. and and friend of the podcast. He's been a bit. He's on the podcast a bit recently. <laughs> and he really enjoyed it. I read it first, and I really enjoyed it, and it really took me back to. It's a simpler story, and it's very forky, so it is true to the original ideals. I was lucky enough to catch up with Glenn and speak to him at the Coffs Harbour Art Show, and one of the things that he highlighted then in terms of the way in which the Avon novel had driven the narrative and and where people might query him was that there's a lot of idea that when Kit Walker went to America, he was 12. In the Avon novel, he's 10. And so they've placed him as 10 years old in the Kid Phantom to stay true to the Avon novel, which, as, as you've just said there... Also gives him two extra years. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's exactly right. But it, it's also Phantom Law in the most definitive book that Lee Fawkes says he wrote. So, it, so they're not just doing it for commercial reasons, they're also being true to the best version, the most definitive version of, of Lee Fawkes' story. I've shared it with Molly, who's my eldest daughter. She's 13. She, she was a bit... Yeah, I'd, I'd rather go and read the Girl Fan Emanuel. But Angus just loved it. He's probably read it three times, and now he's... Because um, I printed it out on A4 paper for him, and now he's taken the uh, the bulldog clip off and he started blue-tacking pages up around his room. So he, he really loves it, and, and I think we're going to need to get some posters of it if they if they ever become available. So, yeah. So what about the art? Did he like the art? He loved it. He loved it. The, the very first yeah. page, which you guys have would be aware of, which has... 10-year-old Phantom dressed up as his dad and running in front of the Skull Cave, every time he looks at that, he laughs. And he notices <laughs> things about it. He really enjoys the Paul Mason's art. As I say, he, he was raving about it. So he's gone back and read it a few times and, yeah, hmm. very excited about it. Oh, that's good. Because like, what did you guys think about the art? Because the art, again, the art's probably more different in the Kid Phantom than what than what Gaslight is. And I think it's... I personally think Kid Fan was probably going to be the more of a risk with the regular readers. Well, you don't want the regular readers. Yeah, yeah I understand that. And I'm all all for the the fact that they have to target the next generation, which obviously they are doing. But but the, the fact is, majority of their sales will still be by the regular readers. Well, they hope not, and I hope not. It needs to be picked up by new readers, and it needs to be picked up by people. I agree with that. Yeah, we all we all agree that the fact is they need the next generation. We've you know we've said that to death. 
But the thing is, is that people, the, the regular readers, will pick it up because it's the Phantom, and the thing that they will discuss most about is going to be the art style. So do you just forget that, or do you try and soften the blow by putting some uh, preview art in the regular fan? I think you forget it. You know, to be honest, I, I think that... Uh, I spoke to another Phantom fan at the art show, a bloke, Keith, who came up from Sydney, and he said he had misgivings and he'd seen some of the preview art that we'd posted on the Chronicle Chamber and that he'd seen on Facebook, and he didn't particularly like the art, but he was going to put that to one side and he thought that it was worth doing because of make it appealing for kids, and this artwork is really appealing for kids. I mean, if you see any of, you know, Powerpuff Girls or... Um, any of these sorts of shows that are on TV, SpongeBob, any of, you know, kids love different stuff. This is different, and it's nowhere near as different as those two shows that I've just mentioned. It's, and I found by about the third or fourth page, I wasn't even worried about the quirky artwork anymore. It, it's really, it's quite enjoyable. I like. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I don't have a problem with the art. I've, um, I've read some of Paul Mason's. Well, I've got some of his other comics, The Soldier Legacy. I don't have a problem with the art at all. But I would say that, you know, I'm probably a little bit more open-minded and I can see the fact that they need to reach the next gen where I don't think a lot of fan fans are that open-minded, especially the traditionalists and forkers. Well, if they want their collection to be worth anything when they will it off as they die, then they need younger people getting into it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I don't think, you know, you're not going to get an argument out of me because we've been saying on the podcast for a while. Yeah, I just it was just interesting because obviously you've got your son is the prime target age, so it was it was good to hear his thoughts on it. It's not just the art. He really enjoyed the, um, mm. the script. Well, it's a fun story. And, and Yeah, and the dialogue was easier for him to read. Um, without, without pandering, you know, there's still things like... Uh, that's a magnificent specimen of a of a deer that they're hunting. They don't show away from using big words like that. But he still, I mean, he's a pretty good reader for seven. But he's he got enough out of it to be able to keep going and, and whatever. So it's readable yeah. for, for for that age group. And we've said before that you know nine to twelve was sort of when we picked up with the character. So if you're aiming at that age group and you're picking them up um, with a readable story and art that they enjoy, then Put an ad in it for Fru, uh, the, the regular, the, the regular comic, and hopefully they'll start picking that up as well. Yep, I agree. And this is you know, another thing for the, um, you know, the shelf talkers or whatever. You, you know, having a, a display on, on the news agents and bookshops or or where was it the checkouts at the uh, at the supermarkets, you know, draw people's eyes to it and make sure it's at, at that level. In regards to the artwork, um, I haven't looked at it now since. I was first emailed it, but I thought Spider-Man actually came to my head. The way how limber mm. the the kid is, you know, he, he, limber is lanky and that type of stuff, mm. and he can pose himself in those sort of ways that, you know, you know, even though he's called Spider-Man, he he's a boy, isn't he? Peter Parker's a, a high school student, supposed certainly. to be. Yeah, so um, th- there's that element to it, and um, and yeah, I I really hope it succeeds because um. On the on the back of this um, this first issue, it's it's really good and it's got Angus's uh, seal of approval. So um, everyone, every other kid in Australia should be reading it too. Absolutely. Yeah, 
Exactly. And that and that's the whole aim of it, is to get that next chip. I think Fru's just been I think they've been hoping for too long that the kid will just pick it up in the news agent, which obviously it's not happening. So it's good to see them doing something by getting trying to get that next gen. And if it works, brilliant. I think part of the reason why kids are not just picking it up and reading it is because a lot of the Fru stories are probably too adult. And I, and I probably think that Egmont, as much as anyone, is responsible or, or, or has put out very <laughs> adult stories. That's interesting because because Egmont actually target their stories and their whole target aim is to the 12 to 18-year-old. Well, certainly their historical stories, and, and if you look at, what was the six-part Ramirthi... Nat Turner. Nat Turner. That's not that's not aimed at twelve year olds. That's that's far well, more. That's dense. that's their that's their aim. That's what they aim all their comics for is from the is like from the twelve to sixteen, eighteen year old. And then they've and then their uh, their version of the Kid Phantom is aimed for younger than that. Yeah. So most I think because most people say that oh the stories are aimed for adults and it's like well not really if you actually look about the Egmont stories are actually aimed for teenagers. So whether, whether their teenagers sure. are more um, are more mature than our Australian teenagers, but, yeah, their story, the Egmont stories are actually aimed for teenagers. Interesting. But, no, overall, mm. if I had more hands, I'd give Kid Phantom more thumbs up. I can't. I think it's going to mm. be fantastic. I think Kid Phantom is probably the riskier out of the two, but I think it has the potential to be able to have the far reaching results if done correctly obviously it's a good story which we've said but it needs to come with the nag power it needs to come with the toy it needs to come with the poster the stickers yep. needs to be advertised in comic book shops needs to be in comic book shops needs to be in news in uh, supermarkets and all of that type of stuff i'll be very interested to see what size it, it ends up in because yeah. in my head i think i've always had it in the archie digest type size but yeah. in my um, LCS the other day, I made a point of looking at all of the digests, and quite they range in size, and there's some some that are bigger than others. And I think probably the bigger the better, because one of the comments Gus made was because I printed it on an A4 page, um, was he really liked how, how big the dialogue boxes were. So um, it'll be interesting to see how he reacts if he gets the comic and it's only half that size, sort of thing. Yeah, good point. Thank you, Doki. So I think we'll wrap it up there. So as always, you can check out chroniclechamber.com for all the latest news and updates. Make sure you're following us on Facebook and Twitter and everything else that's out there nowadays. We've got our thumb in as many piles as we can. Usually if you're listening to us, you've probably got us on Facebook, but if you've just come across us on iTunes, excellent. Thank you very much for clicking on us. I hope you give us an excellent rating so more people can find us. And if you have just discovered us on iTunes, well, check out our Facebook. We're, we're all over it. And if you like us a lot, even if you give us some money, um, and if you don't like us a lot, give us some money so we can do things better. Um, <laughs> and you can always do that on Patreon. All our links are on the website there. So once again, fellas, it's been great talking fandom with, with you two. Thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks very much, everybody. Happy Phantom. Thank you, everybody. Happy Phantom indeed. And now we cue Sammy J. 
500 years ago he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck and upon the skull of the man who killed his dad he said i'm mad i must eradicate piracy injustice and cruelty and all my sons will follow me so evil doers will believe that this man cannot die the phantom the ghost who walks the phantom enemies beware the phantom's always there but you won't find the phantom 